This episode is brought to you by Wednesday Co., where they provide genderless sexual wellness essentials for everybody. Check out their website, wednesdayco.com, or their Insta, at wed.co, and use promo code Rebecca Reinhardt to receive 15% off your next Wednesday Co. order. That's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-R-E-I-N-H-A-R-T. Hello everyone, Rebecca Reinhardt here, the unintentional porn star. Yes, you heard that right. Last season, we took you through the logistical side of what it was like having a personal sex tape posted online without my consent. This season, I want to focus on healing. I hope that through my story, I can just inspire you to become the best version of yourself because you are amazing. So let's talk, shall we? Let's talk Tufts Talks. Just a personal disclaimer that I am not an expert on any of these topics, and I do encourage you to go reach out for some real help if you need it. There is nothing wrong with reaching out for help, and in fact, it has helped me get to where I am today. I can't wait for us to go through this podcast, and I am losing breath. Here we go. Hi, everyone. We are here today with a lovely, beautiful, intelligent woman, Whitney. She's going to describe her amazing qualities and what work she focuses on, but I wanted to do a short introduction here to kind of share the why behind this episode. You know, I had a sex tape posted without my consent, so for me to talk about sex, it kind of just seems a bit ironic and possibly wrong. But to me, that's the total opposite. This places me in a position to actually talk about sex more and having the sex tape posted without my consent and having my sexual experiences blasted online kind of allows me an odd opportunity. I'm careful with that term um, because I don't necessarily wish that would have happened. However, it's here and this is my life now. So it gives me a slight opportunity to talk about sex more openly. You know, I've already gone through the awkward conversations with family and friends that this is like kind of faux pas and these are things that we don't want to talk about in society. Yet, I think that these are extremely essential conversations and also conversations that are just there. Like to me, sex isn't really that big of a deal. And maybe that's why I got in trouble in the first place, but it wasn't my doing and my sexuality that was wrong, it was the exploitation of that that was wrong. So I'm gonna tap into this episode with Whitney and I will allow it to just kind of take shape for what it is. We had our Zoom meeting as she is in the United States and I am here in Canada at the moment. So we did our Zoom chat, I recorded it. I have been putting a lot of my episodes on YouTube as well, just so you can see the visuals from it. So please feel free to visit uh, my page. It's username R-L-R-E-I-N-H-A. Good luck finding that. (laughs) I can link it in if you want, or you can message me if you want. But the important part is the visuals are there if you would like. The audio is here as well. And I just cannot wait to kind of expand upon sometimes what seems to be uncomfortable conversation around sex let's talk about sex baby like why not let's go there it's beautiful we all do it or maybe we don't but it's all there a part of us regardless of our sexual choices and so yes thank you Whitney here's the podcast well hello everyone I am here with Whitney and I would love Whitney for you to start off by explaining um, yourself and what your journey and your purpose is and what you're focusing on for your career and your passion in life. And um, I'm so excited to dig into our conversation today. So please. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Oh my gosh, so many questions. <laughs> um, gosh, okay. Yeah, so my name is Whitney Ullum. I'm a sexual empowerment and embodiment coach. I work primarily with women and folks with vulvas that are ready to heal sexual trauma, that are ready to utilize their sexuality, come home to their body as a way to like awaken to their creativity, awaken to their purpose, awaken to feeling good in who they are and moving through the world from a place of like deep confidence and stability. 
So I do that through one-on-one work. I do online courses, I do retreats. Um, and that work is continuing to expand and evolve in <laughs> all ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I came to this work because I was really struggling in relationship. I was struggling with sex in relationship. Sex had always been something that felt really scary, hard, confusing, confronting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did so much healing work and, and dove down so many different paths. And there was some point a few years ago where it really just felt like, okay, sexuality is the unchartered territory that you haven't looked at, that you haven't gone into. Mm. And that just opened up a whole, a whole new way of being for me and really reconnected me to myself, my power, my intuition, my capability, my ability to like hold myself in relationships so much. It, it really felt like that work reconnected me to my own inner fire. It's like I got plugged back in. Mm-hmm. Which is so beautiful. And we were talking earlier and now you're, well, now you're helping people establish that within themselves, which is so lovely. Like, it's so amazing how, you know, you feel something, you work through it and now you're serving people like that to me is just like, that is life that we're here to now share and help others that are wanting to receive it or willing to receive it or need to receive it. And so I like, so it gives me shivers because, you know, we've met a, a, like a few years, maybe a year ago or something. And, you know, I, it's just, we get to all watch each other evolve. And so what you're doing is so important. And we were talking just a few minutes ago, how I actually almost went at it from the opposite side. So I grew up in a very Catholic setting, um, went to Catholic school and, you know, the conversations around sex were don't have it. And in within me, and it's kind of weird, actually, I have oddly a little bit of judgment about this, but as a, as a young woman or even a, a person, a human, a child, however old I was, like I knew sex was okay. I knew that sex was an expression and a connection. And I like, there were things that I just knew before I understood it. And my journey into sex was pretty wild. Like I like jumped in, like I was like, what? and I like definitely had a lot of like fun um sexual adventures and like different people and like I you know I was safe and everything but I I had so much fun and um trauma speaking of trauma I'm kind of looking back at my my sexual energy and my freedom of expression. And that's, you're right. It's, it's, you tap into intuition, you tap into something bigger. Sex is so beautiful as are all the other aspects of yourself and your life. But sex is a huge part of that. And I'm currently looking at my life going, I can find two very bold examples where that openness and sexual energy was exploited in a sense. And my confusion lies around, is it because I'm a woman? Is it society? Is it, you know, where is that coming from? Um, And so it's so interesting. I like walking into this conversation with you. It's more that I knew I had to talk with you and share this information because I know I'm not the only one. And I also have a lot of curiosity from a lot of women specifically because we are somehow still shamed for sex where a lot of women come to me and are like, I wow, like I look up to you. I want, I should think about that more. And how fun is that? And so I kind of wanted to upload this conversation that has no intention going into it, no rhyme or reason, except for that. I was like, this needs to, this is important. Mm -hmm. And this needs to be talked about and shared and expanded upon. Like people are listening all over the world with me. Like, it's so cool. (laughs) Like I get to look at like all these countries and there's countries that I'm like, it's such a different way of living. And yet these conversations are just global because it's just, we're beings, you know, we're just these beings going through it. Anyway. Wow. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Amazing. Um, 
So I guess speaking of like thinking about the story of trauma around sex, like, is this something that you notice to be pretty prevalent within, obviously you're not going to talk about specifics, but like, is trauma something you notice to be pretty prevalent in people's stories and why you feel there may be a disconnect from their sexual self or energy? Like what's your. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'd say that every woman and femme probably has trauma around their sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a simple definition of trauma is just too much, too fast, too soon. Mm -hmm. And in, in a lot of the people that I work with, that is, is the, the general framework through which most people experience sex is it's like fast, get to penetration get to the fucking try to get to an orgasm and right it it, it's like seeped in this very capitalistic patriarchal you know Mm. oppressive kind of system so Mm. just that in sexual experience um you know obviously there's a lot of sexual assault and rape and very acute trauma that happens to a lot of people there's just like you said growing up in religion or I also grew up Catholic you know just this like very clear narrative of sex is not for you it's for your partner it's for someone else your pleasure is about someone else's enjoyment it's not yours it's not for you Mm. so there's that narrative there's you know the school education narrative of like uh, just don't get pregnant and don't get an STD, STI. There's so much like fear mm-hmm. around body and around pleasure. And so many women are taught to be disgusted by their genitals, to think that they're ugly, that they smell, that their periods are disgusting, that like their biology is somehow inherently wrong and less than someone with a penis. Yes. And that's also the context through which we learn, most of us learned about sex is through a male lens. Wow. Right. So just how the male body works, how like most of us learned about sex through pornography or movies and the way that it's depicted is just not realistic. It's not, um, yeah, supportive for people that have bodies that take longer to like open and expand and yeah so there's there's a lot of bigger context and I think that's important to it's something I continually remind the people I work with is it's not you it's not that you're broken it's not that you can't connect to your body it's not that you um there's something wrong with you because you can't have an orgasm or you feel shame it's like of course you do Mm -hmm. of course we do so the question then becomes like how do we create a little bit of separation from that to see the bigger context in which we're, we were raised and we're living and the lineage through which we came and also start to explore possibility outside of that broken narrative and system. Wow, which is a really big encompassing journey because if you think about it, like sex, it whether or not it's from the issue of coming from like a man's perspective it's like sex can be seen as so you're right so simple so quick and like you go on an app now and you can just have sex all the time which is fine there's like that's great if you are in a place and with and understand you're with people for certain energies or what have you but it's like to be able to explore that sensuality that strength that courage it really needs to be like a safe space and a big a big concern of mine is that because of all of these sequential things that have happened throughout the patriarchy throughout society it's like I don't think people understand what that means and safe space does allow for you to be like exploring your own body and someone else's body and have this like mutual respect and care even if you're not in a partnership with them like to me 
I can be with someone once and have so much respect, care, love, and safety to explore and see what works. And then there's another time where I've been in a year and a half type of relationship and I just got completely obliterated um, with, with what I thought was safe. And so like, I think that's a, that's a really big conversation and it's a really big, it's, it's scary. Like even for someone like myself who feels very in tune sexually and is aware and can have these conversations, like it still isn't always safe. And Mm -hmm. It's interesting too that you're now going into like couples. Um, I think you mentioned this earlier that you might be moving and shifting into like the couples world of relationships mm-hmm. and whether it's around sex and or not. And um, you know, it's almost like it is essential to find the people, the partners, one day, ten years, where you can explore that because it is such a beautiful, powerful thing to be in yourself and in that moment and enjoying pleasure in different ways and exploring pleasure in different ways. And like, it's just something that I'm like, are we depriving ourselves of this because of why, why? Because there is still a more male dominance or I don't even like to talk about that anymore because I'm like, no, it's like, we're shifting. (laughs) But I, I, yeah, it's just like, I wish I even just hope in this conversation that people can just think about it. Whoever is listening, like if they can think about, am I creating a safe space for myself? And am I creating a safe space for the other person, people involved in this? Yeah. And like, what does that look like? Yeah. <sighs> um, another thing that I have learned, because obviously I had the sex tape posted and I was a now considered humorously or not a porn star. <laughs> and what I realized though, throughout that porn journey, and you mentioned porn is like, I did not know until I was 30, 31, 32, that a lot of people had surgery to look like they do on mm-hmm. the porn um, videos. Yeah. That blew my mind. Yeah. And the harm that, that, you know, people can do that. If you're, you know, if you make a choice to make an alteration to your body, power to you. I hope it's healthy. I hope that it's for you and nobody else. But the harm in that also on the flip side, because we don't know, because there's no conversation around that. Yeah. Like even like to get very vulnerable here, like my vagina and my vulva, my everything, everything, my ovaries, everything is changing. And I'm like, I don't understand it. And I'm like, is this normal? Is this weird? Am I, should I feel embarrassed? Um, am I, is like, am I doing something wrong? And it's like, uh, you know, and I consider myself a pretty aware person. And even that I'm like, I feel embarrassed or vulnerable or confused. Yeah. There's so much work to be done around this. There's so much. I mean, one of the things that I teach in my online course is I do a whole anatomy lesson Mm -hmm. and I have you know women from 20s to 50s be blown away by really learning their anatomy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and being able you know I also like I do these slides and it's pictures of like real people and their vulvas, different body types, different like hair, no hair, piercings, you know, different ethnicities of bodies. Because yeah, if you look in a textbook or if you do a Google search or if you're looking to porn to see like, am I normal or what what mm-hmm. do I look like and how should it look? You're gonna be looking at thin white bodied people, a lot of times prepubescent. And then in medical textbooks and a lot of the Google searches, the, the gynecology students or the medical students, they're doing exams on cadavers. So it's also going to be illustrations or pictures of cadavers. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's such a big challenge for like, for people who have vulvas to be like, what do these look like? That was Zoom. <laughs> awesome. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if you haven't had experience with, um, you know, partners that have vulvas or you didn't have sisters or, you know, I don't know, grew up in a community where you were able to really witness each other, then we don't really have any real-time reference. And that's really harmful. So with that, and like with your, your work, like, is there a a route or a trajectory that you see yourself going or people around you that you can help um, more people because we need, we need this? Like, what do you like, do you have any, I don't, I don't even almost know what I'm asking, but it's like, how can we become more aware of this and how can we help more people and how can we create these safe spaces for women? Like, I know I wouldn't feel comfortable just sitting in a group of women naked. I watched an episode of Goop a while ago where they like sat naked and they like just looked at each other. And like a part of me is like, fuck yes. Like, oh my gosh. And then another the fear part of me is going like, not good, totally embarrassing. What the fuck? But it's like, I know that's not right. So it's like, I know conversation's good for helping make change, but like, is there anything that you can share to just like allow people to move forward and, and kind of give that sense of knowledge or like something to people? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that is something that I think about a lot because it does feel overwhelming in a way how much there is to share and to do. Um, So yeah, I do anatomy in my courses. I also do that on my retreats. Um, Some people that I've learned from in that way, there's a, a woman, her name's Pam Samuelson, and she does a class called Take Back the Speculum, and it's online now. But she does, a, she calls it sex ed for grown-ass people. Mm-hmm. It's for vulva-bodied people. It's queer-inclusive and trans-inclusive. Mm-hmm. And she does a full anatomy lesson and then empowers you to be able to look at your own cervix. Wow. So... Um, that's a great class. I think it's donation-based. You can check out her Instagram. It's at EmbodyWorkLA. Um, maybe we can put that in the show notes. But um, Pam is a great resource for just feeling empowered around anatomy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like you have to, I think that's the thing is like you really have to know where to look and you have to really seek out teachers and guides and mentors that are like helping people with this stuff from an empowered holistic place yes and it's funny as I as you were talking after I asked that a of course go to someone like yourself like I genuinely mean that and I think that's where it's at is that we need to just absorb more information possibly you know find the people who do have the holistic and loving approach to such things for all humans and I think it's just a matter of absorbing at this point because it is so new and it's almost like my my energy wants to just like jump and be like let's do this where it's like yes awesome we need people like myself and others but it's also like for me I need to take a step back and maybe a lot of us need to just take a step back start to re it's almost like, you know, when things get shattered, you have to relearn everything. Mm-hmm. It kind of almost feels like this, like where it's been completely skewed, where we almost need to shatter all of the things that we've perceived about ourselves as men, women, humans, and then just rebuild it in what that means to you. Like, what does this mean to you? What does your body mean to you? What does it represent um, where your insecurities coming from, um, can you help yourself rebuild that and kind of find that confidence and love within yourself and then start to learn, talk about it and then find people or partners or whoever to, to, to have the intention of exploring in a very safe way. Like, I think that is very empowering and and you're right. Like, we just have to keep looking for these people that have the intention of purity around it or curiosity around it or, you know, something. So, yeah, I know that's, you're so right about that. And 
so yeah, we're going to link in all of these. Yeah. yeah. I can um, shout out some more of my teachers and then, yeah. Um, so Layla Martin is an amazing teacher. I did my main training with her, Pam Samuelson, Kimberly Ann Johnson. Um, those are kind of big three, but if you're looking for support, uh, look for sexological body workers, look for somatic sex coaches or sex therapists. Um, the somatic element is so important and those people can really help you navigate your relationship to your anatomy, your relationship to your body, your relationship to pleasure um, from, from an internal lens, right? Because so much of, mm. I think what's hurt so many of us is, is we're, I think that's my laundry <laughs> is uh, just that external yes. like looking outside like and, and part of that is just biological right like we have to know like am I safe in this environment and am I okay and do I belong but right. when we're so externally referenced what you're saying like what you were saying is we have to recreate this relationship because when we're so externally referenced none of this is for us yes it's not for our pleasure, for our connection, for our own power. And to be able to like reclaim that from an internally referenced lens is really potent. You know, what's so mind-blowingly amazing is that I didn't realize I was living in an external way about- We all are. You're so right. What, like, like- Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, and it and it becomes really apparent in relationships, particularly when I'm working with women. Um the the deep fear that comes up when women start to really explore their bodies and awaken their sexuality and claim themselves, their bodies as theirs for them is this fear of like, this is going to ruin my relationship or how am I going to find someone that's going to want to go this slow? Or uh, will I ever be able to be in a relationship where I'm going to feel good exploring this, where it's going to feel safe or that person's going to be okay with what I need. Wow. And, you know, this is part of my desire to get into relationship coaching and teach on relationship is like that, that really toxic messaging that lives underneath the surface in many women's like bodies of like my pleasure, my body is for someone else. Mm -hmm. Am I lovable? Am I worthy? And my worth comes from being desired. It comes from performing in a certain way. It comes from being what someone else wants. And it's exhausting and it's not sustainable and it doesn't support us in healthy, thriving relationships, healthy, thriving sex lives, connection to our own goodness and pleasure. It really sort of shuts all that down. And then I hear a lot from people that they're having sex that they don't really want to be having. It's not creating more connection and intimacy. It's racing toward a goal. It's trying to get one or both partners to orgasm. Mm. and we're not feeling good about it yeah and that's like it's heartbreaking when you think about it and um there was something else I was going to touch on two things I have swirling in my head the first one and maybe let's tap into this first I have a a curiosity. There's a lot of work for women and it's needed. And I'm relating so much to all this and going like my heart, I just want to hug myself and everyone else around me. But there's a big purpose in my journey that I don't understand yet. And it's a little messy. I'm not going to lie. Is like, how, how do the men now show up in this and how do the men also learn about this and in, in other ways, like if a man's got to do something and grow, then how can the women show up? But at this point, it's like, okay, so how can a man who's maybe listening or how can we communicate to a man to like show up for this? Like, what does that even look like? 
Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, you don't know how often I get that question of like, where does my partner go? Or where do men go? Wow. You know, I have a, a few amazing peers that work with men, but it's, you know, they're women. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's tricky because, you know, from my own personal journey, I was really kind of the initiatress. Mm-hmm. in this exploration mm-hmm. um but my partner did work with a somatic sex coach and so we were both kind of doing our own work but yeah you're right like this is it's yeah. so needed it's needed in relationship it's needed separately it's yeah right like it's almost that whoever it stems from, whether it stems from a woman being like, I need some help or whether it stems from a man being like, I want to to be there more for you or something. Like, I think it's just, again, almost what we were talking about. Like it has to become a place of wanting to learn more and wanting to empower that area. And also just like thinking of it from a very, like, I don't know what you would call it. Perspective is just like, Find the people and only accept and surround yourself with people who are going to understand that conversation. And not everyone will be at a place to understand the sense of exploration, curiosity, sadness, healing, growth in this area. And I think it's just like, as I'm searching for this, like, how can we all show up? It's like, I think it, what I'm learning from all my conversations is it really just comes from yourself. And you have the ability to have that um, connection to whatever you want to do with yourself and also only allow and select people who will promote that and be curious with you. And not that the process is going to be like, hey, I found someone It's going to be, um, oh, shoot, are you frozen? So what did we last capture from your end? Um, yeah, just spaces where we can be with people that are ready for that kind of healing, that kind of exploration, that kind of, um, yeah, oh. like real embodied sex yeah, and care. Yeah, and like, and, and also I think, oh, I remember what I was going to say before. I've also heard through friends, I haven't really opened up with men a lot about um, their sexual experiences and maybe with some friends that I love, I can start to. Um, I think that would be a great way to initiate comfort around it. It doesn't have to be a sexual partner. But um, a lot of my my friends have opened up about their partners, and there is also shame for them to be able to perform a certain way and to be able to look a certain way or do something certain every single time. And if they don't make you have a certain type of orgasm, then they feel like they've let you down. That's happened to me a lot where they're like, did you come? And I'm like, well, yeah, I came in like eight different ways. And like, it wasn't the same as it was the other time. And I had a great fucking time. Like that was beautiful. And there's like a lot of shame for them too, which I think also feeds into the toxicity around it for all sides is like all these expectations and, and things of what we think sex is supposed to be is almost just like narrowing us into a, like a smaller hole, (laughs) (laughs) oh Rebecca like grow up (laughs) anyways but it really is it's like it's creating these big walls and boundaries around something that's so infinite and yeah like for myself personally um I have always listened to the conversations around orgasms because I've just been curious about sex. So I've watched documentaries and I've talked about it and I've read about it and very silently, actually, I'm realizing, Um, except for around my friends. But still, like, I understand that there are different types of orgasms and sensations. And for me, I find a lot of times because sometimes I do have multiple partners and I'm, again, I'm safe people, but like, Look at that judgment Um, on myself. But I go into sex sometimes being like, it's okay, depending on the conversation, it's okay if we don't have like this like crazy, intimate, like mind-blowing orgasm. Like I sometimes am like, I love when sex is awkward. 
I love when we're giggling and having mm -hmm. a straight up conversation about like intellectual shit during sex. I love when there's nothing else happening except for touching. I love when, you know, like I kind of feel with my, my comfort around sex and my complete misunderstanding about it is like, I walk in being like, it's okay. Like whatever mm -hmm. happens is so amazing. Like sex is fun. Sex is hilarious. Sex is embarrassing. Sex is like, it's so loud. It's quiet. It's secret. It's online. Like, you know, um, but yeah, like I just, I, there's just this like sense of like, this is, this is all awesome. Everything that's happening is amazing. And I do oddly find myself caring for men a lot in those situations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's possibly where my questions come in about like, how do the men show up or how can we show up for men actually even like now I'm thinking like, dang, like <laughs> maybe yeah. we should have a course for these men too and have a man start that. Or like, I wonder if there are men that are doing this. Like I, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, conditioning and shame around that that I think prevents men from even exploring what yeah. might be there because it's like well I don't have a problem or like what what would I need to work on or what would be different like there's so much <laughs> that that I think yeah prohibits lots of men from exploring that for themselves outside of relationship um and yeah, so much that can happen, just like you were saying, when there's no pressure. Like my partner and I, we have to remind ourselves of that all the time. It's like, hey, nothing has to happen. There's mm -hmm. no pressure. We don't have to orgasm. Like we don't even have, like we don't have to have sex. We just get to like be here and be in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that I think is the key to amazing intimacy and sex, mm -hmm. to be able to be anchored in the moment to flow with each other, to be able to like improv, right. To have like a great improv. Um, you got to know your own instrument. You got to be able to listen. You got to know when to lead, when to follow. You have to like, it's like dancing, right? It's like if you're dancing with a partner, you have to like know how your own body moves. You have to listen to how their body's moving. And yeah, when we aren't connected to, our bodies and our sensations and, and the moment, then we're just playing out an idea Ooh. of sex. That's powerful. And the ideas, like you said, they're very limiting. Mm -hmm. It's like touch this way. It should take this long, go harder, faster. Both people should orgasm or that's what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> some of the best, some of the best sexual experiences that my current partner and I have had have really been the times where, yeah, we're laughing. Mm -hmm. There's like some deep vulnerability. There's like lots of juicy pleasure. We're just like really flowing. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, okay, yeah, it feels done. Yeah. <laughs> and there, nobody climaxed. There wasn't some like big bang at the end. We didn't have to like keep going until that happened for some Right. Time. Just like, yeah, that feels complete for now <laughs> no and that's so true and I I even catch myself thinking back I'm like oh there's so many times where I'm like oh if the guy hasn't come or something like I judge myself too and I'm like no I'm gonna make this happen and they're like no I'm good and I'm like no I'm gonna make and it's like no I'm good I'm like okay listen Rebecca like listen like yeah. that's actually that's it's good that was it that was amazing so that's interesting I, um, you talked about, you used the word intimacy, which I find a lot of, there's a lot of cloudy gray areas between intimacy and sex. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have a general understanding of what it is, but for people listening, like, is there any sort of insight you have on intimacy versus sex and how they intertwine and don't or, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think for myself and my personal experience, I was really, I was really connecting sex with intimacy. Yes. Like my, that was how I was supposed to be close to a partner, keep a partner, mm-hmm. make sure my partner was happy. And yeah, that gets really messy really fast. So, I mean, there's lots of different kinds of intimacy. There's physical intimacy, there's emotional intimacy, there's intellectual intimacy, there's, and, you know, people can have sex and they can be in long-term relationships and never really get intimate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I think about intimacy as I mean, this is a question that I ask people in relationship a lot that that want to change something about their sex lives or experience more pleasure in sex. And I ask them, like, what what is what is it about? Like, what is it for you? And most people say something to the effect of, yeah, it's about connection and and feeling seen and being close. Mm. But the the way that they're having sex isn't lining up with any of that. Mm, yes right so if we're plowing toward a goal then we're probably severing connection if we're not expressing our needs then we're not being intimate we're not like like in some ways it's easier for a lot of the people I work with to just have sex and get it over with than it is to express their needs so that's sex without real intimacy and that's on the individual as well like we do have to take responsibility for our own our own voices our own needs it doesn't mean it's always necessarily going to be met in that moment but to be intimate is to also express that explore that and work on either mending healing or creating yeah that and I think I think it's so interesting because sex is, I've read a lot of like self-development and even business books talk on sex and like sex transmutation. And, you know, they say that like sex and love are the most powerful like emotions and feelings that us humans can feel. And so to me, it's not a shock that we confuse sex with intimacy because Mm -hmm. there is so much around it. And when you have those moments, whether you're aware or not, that something intimate and beautiful just happened, it's like all we know to do right now, or not all, but like a lot of us only know how to relate that to sex. And Mm -hmm. then so we bring that sort of like expectation into this narrow-minded pathway and try to recreate it in all these situations with all these different people. And we're like, why isn't this working? And it's like yeah intimacy is a huge thing I'm exploring for myself within the sex now like I've had that the fun sex and I was very open I'm like oddly proud of myself I'm like wow go you like I don't know how you (laughs) did that with not knowing but like good job but you know it's also gotten me into troubles not asking not being clear not understanding intimacy behind that and again for me like I'm I'm single right now so I I want to say that this this sort of intimacy and sex does not need to happen just with a partner. Mm-hmm. And it does not need to happen with someone that's going to be long-term. Like I've done that where I've gone into even like a first date expecting the intimacy and like all of that to be there right now in mm-hmm. all these ways. And I'm like, hold on, I can have sex with someone, give my like love and expectation for intimacy in this moment with them and then also leave them after. And yeah. so I think that, I don't even know where I'm going with that, but intimacy, it's almost like what you're doing is putting intimacy back into sex in our bodies, really, like for ourselves and for other people. You know, it's a sense of care, love, affection, awareness, and like, yeah, learning how to ask or say or be scared and vocalize that and bringing intimacy back into like our beautiful, sexual, sensual selves. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's really a willingness to be seen. Yes. Willingness to be seen in what we're feeling and how we're sound in like the natural movement that wants to happen and like, yeah, the expression of our needs and that requires risk. So Mm -hmm. I don't think you can have real intimacy if you don't, if there isn't some sort of like, I'm putting myself a little bit on the line here. I don't know if this person's going to accept what I'm 
showing. I don't know if they're going to hold it with care. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to, you know, receive it the way that I hope that they do. But that willingness to to risk being seen is is intimacy. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and it is. It's, and it's, and sex, because it's so primal and like, yeah, we're not used to just like being like when we're mad or, you know, that's not, there's no comfort around expressing ourselves, I find. And sex is so expressive when you let yourself get there that no wonder there's fear around that of being seen, heard, and even loved in that moment, because mm-hmm. there is a lot of shame culture around all these oddities and being a fucking human, like, so it's so it's so intertwined and yet it's like I also just hear from you I'm so happy we had this convo and we're having this convo because the solution really comes down to finding that sense of self that intimacy with self and rediscovering your you know what you're saying like you look at the um, anatomy and like study it study it study yourself first if you have a partner study them next and then study each other and then just keep exploring. And if you're single, like, do just study yourself so much that when someone comes by, you're like, yes, I know what's going to happen. Or like, no, mm-hmm. I know what I would love to explore right now in this situation. Ooh, that almost came out so wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, no, and, and, and that's, it's so interesting. All of these podcast episodes that I'm doing very openly, very vulnerable, no guideline, Every single freaking conversation seems to be coming back to the sense of self and the mm-hmm. ability to be in tune and then stand up for that. And hopefully, and you're right, take a risk, like take a risk, put yourself out there. And then hopefully we're strong enough and have the right support to be able to be held if it didn't turn out as safe as you thought it was. That's also okay. Hopefully you didn't get harmed. Hopefully it's not something that you need to go through legally but I think there is there, yeah, the risk with the awareness, with the vulnerability just needs to keep shifting and curiosity. And then we can just explore this and empower ourselves, which will help empower more than just sensuality, sex, and, you know, like what you're doing and you know this, and you've said this, and you're going into like different type of work from this because it is bigger than. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like that, What's cool about all of this is for me, like exploring my own sexuality, my own pleasure is what helped me anchor into safety inside of myself mm. and my sense of self that is molded and anchored enough so that when I do risk being seen, when I do like put myself out there, when I let myself sound and get weird or cry or share something that's really hurtful or that I need to communicate. I know that I can hold myself Mm. even if it doesn't go quote unquote perfectly. Yes. And my need within myself to express what's arising for me is more important than how it's received right? Like there is, of course, some deep healing that happens when we are received in relationship. But that feeling of like, who I am and what I'm like, my body is telling me to express or what, how it wants to move or what it needs to communicate. Mm -hmm. I'm here for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not abandoning my needs. Mm. And you know, why I'm here in this life, part of it is to blossom into who I am. And so I have to be able to like externally express that for the blossoming to occur. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's happening, even if my partner can't hold it in the moment, or even if, you know, I go and do a talk and people look at me with (laughs) like dead (laughs) stares, or, you know, I fall on my face in something. It's, it's like, I fucking got myself. Yes. And anchoring into my sexuality, my pelvis, like re-coming home to my body, that all supports me to be able to do that. And then it helps me get more clear on what I actually do need in the moment, what I do need from others, what I can resource from myself, how to create relationships where deep intimacy is possible, mm-hmm. not only in romantic partnerships, but in friendships. Yeah, it's all connected. 
so true. I, I went through something where I felt like betrayed, violated all these things by somebody. And I was like angry. I expressed myself. I did blog posts, podcasts. I reached out to the family of that person because we were closer than I'm getting, but that's fine. But no, I'm not angry still. Um, but, but what you were saying about the expression, like I knew I had to express myself and I, I knew and know right now in this moment, as I'm healing from this, that whatever happens externally, um, as long as I have my boundaries and I'm like protecting myself, like it doesn't matter because I have myself and my, that all these things that are happening to us, they're happening to help us find ourselves and express ourselves and discover who we are. Like it's, everything is helping to help us. And your journey has been through so many beautiful things, including dance, sex, all these like, you know, couple therapy, all these things. And, you know, all of, it's just, I'm just, I'm mind blown at how the universe and how all these things are here to help us truly get a sense of self, to be able to stand within our beauty, shine and accept others for doing the exact same thing, you know? And like, I just think it's so beautiful. And a big part of my journey that I'm so new to, I am a baby in this and I'm still like, what? But I do know that I just want us all to be able to shine, to be our best selves, whatever that looks like, whether it's through intimacy, sex, whether it's through talking about business, whether it's through talking about cosmos, whether it's whatever it is, like, please shine, feel good about who you are and know that no matter what you receive, they're just messages. They're nothing to attack you or harm you. They're just here to help you blossom and become the most vibrant, beautiful soul that you are. And that's where we can meet. That's where I want to meet all these people at too, is like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, like in our thriving Totally. Like, and I just like, everyone should thrive because we can. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of possibility. And I think the, the challenging part around that is we're seeing how all of these oppressive systems, you know, patriarchy, Mm. white supremacy. See, they really work against our thriving Mm-hmm. And so part of where I feel my work going as well is, you know, how do we both unwind those oppressive systems in ourselves and start to create communities, situations, relationships, spaces mm-hmm. that exist counter to or outside of that systemic oppression mm-hmm. to where there's fertile ground for people to thrive, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that can create a lot of a lot of judgment and shame for people like, yeah, I, I should be able to thrive and like women are equal and we can do anything and everything's possible. And yes, it is. And also what what's the soil that you're in? Does it actually support thriving? Does it support sustainability? Do you have what you need? Yeah. And most of us are trying to really thrive and build things and create, you know success and intimacy and beauty from a lot of uh, really dry, brittle soil. Wow. Wow. That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to find, we have to, you're right. We have to work on ourselves, build the community. Like you just built down the question I almost asked earlier in such a beautiful way of like, it starts with yourself and then you build the community and you build that, you nourish that soil so that, you all have the grounds to make change and to have connection to creating more thriving situations. So, wow. Yeah, I think that's the, one of the really interesting things that I'm really um, experiencing right now is, you know, after really coming home to your body, doing the sexuality work, healing a lot of trauma, doing a lot of trauma work, you realize that you have more needs, not less. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You need nature, you need space, you need more rest, you need great food, you need um, beautiful connections with friends and family, and you need pleasure, you need space to yourself, you need, like, there's all of these things that 
really create health and wellness that a lot of people don't have access to. That's so true. And um, mm. yeah, it gets really tricky because yeah, that, that's a whole other conversation. I was just going to say it's the sustainability yeah. um, question in how we're living in all ways is something I'm, I'm really interested in. And I mean, and to, I think we're, I feel like the energy is starting to close off too. Um, but I, I, or not too, but I think it is getting there, but, um, sometimes I'm still so awkward in my journey. It's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, there are things, um, different races or societies or financial ratings or what have you, where of course there's only so much room to thrive in that situation but I do think the important thing that we're saying here is like, we all have a choice somehow. Oh, this sounds so wrong. And I don't know if I mean this, but within our given situation, you know, we do have a, a way that we can just tune into ourselves and, and, and work on ourselves to enlighten ourselves. Oh my gosh. I'm like starting to spin because I'm starting to see all the inequalities and how that sometimes isn't possible and how I'm just like sitting here as this pretty white be pretty as this like white basically female um saying this so I'm aware of this and so thank you for also saying that in this whole conversation I think that is very valid and something that I'm going to be thinking of as mm -hmm. we end this conversation but I think the biggest message here is that regardless like we need to try and choose to put ourselves in that fertile soil to be able to thrive and that is where we are trying to move as a society and as a globe, I'd say. Maybe the aliens are there too, if there's aliens, right? Like maybe we're all together right now. I don't know. <laughs> but to find your sense of self and to place yourself, however that looks, into situations that do let you thrive. So, yeah. We all, yeah, we all deserve so much care and support. And for those of us with a lot of privilege, you know, really being conscious. And I think, you know, we are asking this globally right now as a collective, but yeah, how do we use what we have to create systems of care where people have what they need, where people get the kind of support that they need? You know, it's a privilege to be able to do self-development work. It's a privilege Absolutely. to hire a coach. And, yeah. and um, you know, there are ways to get that information for free and um you know i hope that lots of people are sharing those resources but yeah there's a lot to uh, to be able to tap to into sex and sexuality like you're absolutely right to be able to get to that point is a privilege and so we can do this work we should definitely tap into ourselves but then you're right like also be aware that we can hopefully help other people and how can we do that yeah wow full circle somehow something <laughs> amazing um I guess if you could leave th this conversation and talking to people all over the world with like either one sentence one word um one phrase what would that potentially look like mm. Uh, it's going to be a question. I love to pose open-ended questions um, that people can just kind of like take through their day or through their, as they walk through the world. Um, the first one that's coming up is what does freedom look like in this moment? Mm. And then how can I let pleasure in? Yeah, I'm already spinning. I'm excited to take that into my day. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, thank you. I really, truly appreciate this. I appreciate the spontaneous adventure that you allowed for me to bring you on. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, this is so beautiful. I cannot wait to share this with people. For more information, please visit theunintentionalpornstar.com. There you can find links to the first season's podcast, my books, to a course that I'm creating, and many different features that will link you in to what my life has been like as a dance choreographer. 
Thank you so much for listening. I'm really grateful for our connection together through this podcast. And please remember that if you need some serious help, there are some seriously amazing people ready for you. Asking for help means you are strong. I love you so much. You are so amazing. I truly mean that. And I can't wait to connect with you somehow, somewhere in the future. This episode is brought to you by Wednesday Co., where they provide genderless sexual wellness essentials for everybody. Check out their website, wednesdayco.com, or their Insta, at wed.co, and use promo code Rebecca Reinhardt to receive 15% off your next Wednesday Co. order. That's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-R-E-I-N-H-A-R-T.